This is your host, Tia. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Live. Geek Vibe Nation. Geek Vibe Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. I am your host, Tia, as always, and I have to just kind of put it out there really quick right now that I am feeling a little like crap today. Um, I have a bit of a sore throat, so if you hear my voice breaking a few times, it's just because of that, but we are going to power through this because... It makes my Sunday, and I hope it makes yours as well. But I have my co-host with me, Brittany, today. How are you, Brittany? I'm good. I'm just uh, pretending I have horses galloping through the house that are my cats. I can hear the little, like, patters of their feet, and I'm like, you know what? You'll have fun. And so then I'm having fun. But hey, I'm happy to be here. It is a good Sunday morning. I I was about to say I heard an alarm, like a a siren. Somebody getting arrested this early in the morning. Always, always. It's like on a Sunday morning. It, it could not the the sirens could not go all day. And conveniently, when I do my podcast, is when the sirens decide to go. It's like, hey, let's get in trouble now while he is trying to do something. So they're like day of rest? I don't know what you're talking about. I got crimes to commit. Pretty much. It's like they take off the rest of the week and they're like, ah, Sunday, the day of crime. Exactly, exactly. But... Brittany, I am very excited for us to be doing this podcast today. It's going to be a bit of a fun one because, can you believe it, we are only a few days left until 2020. We barely have any days of 2019 left for us. And with that comes a new year, comes a new decade, and it's pretty crazy. It does feel pretty wild that we are coming into a new decade because, I always felt like 2010, when we came into it, I, I didn't really feel much of a difference. But this year, I'm like, man, like the 2010s are already gone. You know, you, we think about the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s, and you go, wait a second. Man, we really, like every 10 years is such a set apart. Like what are going to be the new trends? What are going to be the new styles? Like what movies are going to be the big thing of this decade? So I am very excited to see it. I am as well. And we definitely have a lot of awesome movies coming up in 2020 and in the next couple of years. I mean, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, DC movies. Um, Not that I'm necessarily excited for them, but uh, the Avatar sequel. So anyone out there who is a fan of Avatar has the next four to look forward to apparently in this next decade. So they but, just want to reclaim the title of like number one movie. Exactly. They're like got it gotta uh you know, usurp the Avengers endgame. It's not gonna happen, I'm sorry. But <laughs> we, are, 
New Year's Day is literally Wednesday. A lot of us have off that day. It is a day to relax. It is a day that I am sure plenty of people are going to use to recover from the events of New Year's Eve. And it is actually a perfect day to watch movies, which brings us to our top 10 subject, which is the top 10 movies to watch on New Year's Day. This is going to be fun. It's going to be opinionated. And I think we should just hop right to it. So, Brittany, give us your number 10. What are you going to watch this New Year's Day? I was sitting through and I was thinking, I was like, man, but I I have a plan for this. But Captain America, it came out in 2011. I feel like it's such a good throwback throughout the year. We're coming into a new year, new Marvel movies. I think it's good to look back at the first Avenger and uh, kind of think back to all the Marvel movies of the 2010s. And uh, Steve Rogers, I mean, he's Captain America. I mean, he's supposed to represent us, right? So I think it would be fun. Uh, very, uh, very, uh, even though you know, New Year's Eve isn't like like a crazy patriotic thing. It's not something. Uh, it's very uh, worldwide, universal. The changing of the years, but there's just something so good about Captain America and just like that kind of new hope for the year. But I was like, oh man, I think it would be great to do a throwback back to Captain America and like how much has happened this year. Now, we have so many captains now. Like, we got Captain Marvel. We have uh, we have Captain uh, Guardians of the Galaxy has basically their own captain now, the Captain Star-Lord. Um, I know that's not what he's called, but, you know, after his fight with Thor over who's the leader, we got that little bit going on. But uh, I think that's what I'm going to be watching on New Year's Eve. You're doing a fantastic job there naming off all of the captains. Um, to help you out a little bit, you can say that the Red Guardian is essentially Captain Russia. And there oh, yeah. are <laughs> and there are rumors, I don't know how true it is, but there are rumors that there is going to be a Captain Britain showing up in the Marvel Cinematic Universe at some point, what? who is an actual character. Yeah, so, you know, lots of captains here, but I love that you are putting Captain America, the first Avenger, down as your number one New Year's Day must watch because I actually watched this recently and I remember some people saying that they didn't necessarily like this movie that much, that it wasn't the strongest, but but I will still say that the Captain America trilogy is the strongest of all of the trilogies because to me I think all of the movies were pretty solid, honestly. I mean as far as, like, you know, the Thor trilogy, the Iron Man trilogy, they all had their, like, kind of fails going on. And I don't think that Captain America, that trilogy, had a fail. Because I like Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah, I do, too. I mean, it was such, like, I guess for me, you know how I feel about origin stories. So um, I just see, like, how everything started, because you have to think back 
a lot of the events that went on about that super soldier serum has to do with because of Captain America and people wanting to reproduce that. You know, that is how we get uh, Captain Russia. You know, we got Red Guardian going on. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. Like, you know me. I love World War II shit. So I loved seeing kind of the backstory of Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, I loved seeing how worthy Steve Rogers was. And let, you know what's funny now that I think back on it? Um, I don't know if you've seen, say, the promo for Cat and how bad the CGI is. Or, or I love you one. Yeah, and so you have CGI like that. You have CGI like, uh, like the original Sonic design. And it's so funny how terrible those are in, like, today when Captain America the First Avenger came out. And it, to me at least, looked pretty freaking convincing that Chris Evans' head was on that scrawny little body. Like, if you think back on it, like, that was pretty legit, like, CGI there. No, I remember thinking, I was like, God, is it even healthy for him to be, like, shrinking down like that? And I'm oh, like, oh, no, <laughs> Yeah, and then he gets the serum in him and fucking looks like as if they just put, like, uh, like a tube in and did, like, a hot air balloon, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, I, I feel you. <laughs> but I just love it. I love the message behind it, um, how he was a worthy person. I like the scientist who helped him out through it, who said, like, you know, you're not – say a good soldier, but you're a good man, you know, and that's always been, uh, that's been the thing that, you know, and that's been the thing that's carried Steve Rogers and his legacy throughout the 10 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I, I really like Captain America, the first Avenger. You know what, Brittany? I like this. I feel like now I am going to go back and on New Year's Day watch the first Avenger. I was going to say, um, for on Captain America when he jumps on the grenade is such like an intense scene. And I was gonna say he is worthy he did pick up Thor's hammer. Spoiler. Well no no, it's been long enough. Enough with the spoilers. No, but Yeah, no, you're completely right. Whereas everyone else fled, especially the guy who um, Tommy Lee Jones's character wanted to get the serum. He ducked and covered, but Steve Rogers jumped on top of the grenade and was will- like, didn't even really think about it. It was a natural reaction for him to jump on that grenade, which if it was a live grenade would have killed him. Um, but he didn't care because that's just who Steve Rogers was, uh, selfless, you know, which is why at the end, I will just say it's really quick, you know, at the end of Endgame, some people had a problem with Steve Rogers' ending. You know, oh, he left the, the world, you know, to its own devices. There's still going to be problems, and he just went back to be with Peggy. I'm like, Steve Rogers since day one has been completely selfless. I'm like, he deserved, at the end of all of it, I mean, he defeated the greatest challenge of all. He deserved uh to, to go back in time and be with the woman that he loved. And, I mean, he did, like, have a lot pulling him towards that, towards the end. 
you know, like having to go back and getting to see her probably like brought back a lot of memories for him. Yeah, I mean, to me, and also, you see, well, see, probably Chris Evans has been Captain America, you know, for 10 years, and they obviously wanted to retire a few of the originals, right? Like, obviously, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s retirement was getting killed off, um, and they needed to retire, you know, Steve Rogers. And I think it wouldn't have necessarily made too much sense to kill both of them off. I think they both got the endings almost that they wanted. Even though Tony Stark died, he got the ending of, you know, saving everyone. He went from this completely selfish, uh, self-destructive bachelor to being a family man who literally sacrifices everything to save everyone. So to me, I felt like that was a, a, a good ending. Well, now I'm sad to you. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah, uh, Brittany, great uh, way to start off this list. I love it because you know me, I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I am always uh, excited when anything uh, Marvel or MCU gets on any of our lists. So awesome. <laughs> We we need to have like a non Marvel list one day. It's not happening. No, yeah. <laughs> Especially you know, listen, the past ten years and probably the next upcoming ten years are always gonna be dedicated to Marvel. So we're always gonna have some sort of Marvel movie on our list. <laughs> right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but I'm going to hit the number nine, and it's going to be a movie I, I, I always ask if I force you to watch this or not, or I've just told you about it a million times. Did I ever force you to watch When Harry Met Sally? Yes. Yes, you did, because I almost chose that, too, and I didn't. And I was like, <laughs> I re- we watched it when I went to New York. Okay, good. So number nine is going to be When Harry Met Sally, and... Why not? First of all, it's probably, to me, still one of the greatest love stories ever in cinema. And also, um, Harry and Sally profess their love for each other on New Year's Eve. So to me, it makes very much a lot of sense to include this in the list. But, you know, you have... uh, Billy Crystal as Harry, you have Meg Ryan as Sally, and we see, the, oh, and the the late and great Harry Fisher was also in When Harry Met Sally, but Harry and Sally, when they first met, um, really did not get along with each other, and even the first few times that they met throughout their lives, it was very, like, impacting, neither of them made any sort of real impact on each other's lives until they finally meet back up when they're a little older in life and both are going through breakups and they find themselves as the most unlikely of friends who really, um, you know, form a dependency on each other. And, 
even though they're just friends and they're just platonic at some point, they, um, you know, end up sleeping with each other. That makes things really awkward. And then, you know, they kind of spend some time apart. And then at this New Year's Eve party is when Harry professes to her that he loves her. He can't think of any day that he wants without her. He doesn't care that she is probably the pickiest eater on the face of the planet. She doesn't care that he is probably an absolute slob in some senses, and they get together, and it is just one of my favorite, like, movies of all time. It always makes me feel good, and I think that the chemistry that Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal have together is just completely palpable, or the, the, I can't talk today, but you know what I mean. It's tangible, and it's just one of the best movies of all time. Like, tell me, Brittany, that when Harry met Sally, did it make you feel so good about yourself after the movie ended? I know, because, like, in the middle, I remember going, this is so sad. Why are we even watching this? You know, when they start to, like, not fall out of love, but things aren't quite working out uh, because of their uh, – don't they – I can't remember. Is it Harry or Sally that kind of has like commitment issues? I can't I remember believe, what. I believe it's Harry because when they sleep together, um, Sally wakes up and she looks all like happy and blissful, and Harry's sitting there like, "Oh God, what did I just do?" <laughs> oh no! I also love uh, the uh, I'll have what she's having. I feel like that's, that's such like an iconic scene. I used to hear it when I was younger and I was like, what are they talking about? I would hear my mom say it. I would hear like family say it. And I'm like, is, is that just a joke? Is that just a saying? And I'm like, oh, 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 that, okay, I get it now. It's literally the best scene ever in cinema for those who don't know what we're talking about. First of all, if you've never watched When Harry Met Sally, you need to watch it. And the whole thing is that they're at a diner because I want to talk about it. Really, they're at a diner. They're at a diner, and Harry and Sally are talking, and um, Sally's talking about an ex-boyfriend. I want to say that the guy's name was like Sheldon or something. And Harry's like, well, you did not have a good, like, sexual relationship with a guy named Sheldon. And she's like, what? And blah, blah, blah. And they're talking, oh. And she's like, well, how do you know all of these other women that you were with you had a good sexual relationship with? And he's like, oh, well, obviously, they had orgasms. And she's like, they could have been faking it. And he's like, no, no one fakes it with me. And Sally, who... I mean, arguably was probably the most, like, uptight person ever, literally starts faking an orgasm in the middle of a diner for everyone to hear. And And that diner was packed. And that diner was packed. And then she just calmly starts eating her sandwich. And you see this woman who's just staring at the table. And when the waitress comes up to her, she goes, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> Apparently, whatever Sally was eating was that good. <laughs> I was going to say, now you've convinced me. Now I have to watch When Harry Met Sally again. Oh, it's so fantastic. No, I love it. To me, it's just 
it's like a comfort food movie. And I feel like you can also watch it for any season because they literally go through the seasons. Like you can watch it for Christmas because they explore Christmas. And then you can watch it on New Year's Day because there's they, uh, the whole thing kind of concludes at a New Year's Eve party. Um, and I just love it. I love When Harry Met Sally. Still one of my favorite movies to this day. And you could really see why at some point um, Meg Ryan was America's sweetheart. Aww. No, but, you know, it does get me where it is like one of those good movies that has so much going on in it that it can be just a funny movie or it can be a breakup movie or a get together movie you know what I mean like it, it's interchangeable especially with like bringing in new hope for the new year and it's like well they had their ups and downs so you're gonna have your ups and downs but you know what it'll all work out yeah, I mean, you have them, and then you also have the side story, like Carrie Fisher's character, who plays Sally's um, best friend, and when you first meet her the first few times, it's very obvious that she's in a relationship with a married man, and everyone tries to tell her, you know, he's never going to leave his wife, and she's like, he's never going to leave his wife, and they're like, yes, he's never going to leave his wife, so move on, and finally, um, like, because the whole thing was that the four of them, because Harry has his friend, who I forget who he is, really, but the whole thing was that originally Harry was trying to set his friend up with Sally, and Sally was trying to set her friend up with Harry, but then the two end up with each other, and they get married, and yada, yada, and it's just it's this whole thing. I love it. <laughs> she is like, Ugh. Love. I hate it. <laughs> I love the movie, though. Oh, God. But, yeah, so that's going to be my number nine. Uh, what is your number eight? Tia, well, my next oh. pick is a movie that you know very well, and you have to be joking if you think I'm not going to put it on the last podcast oh, of this year. It, wait, 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 wait. I want to guess it. I want to guess it. I want to guess it. Okay. Okay. Do it, girl. Is it Silence of the Lamb? Oh, hell yeah, it is. You yes. you got you got to be joking if you think I'm not going to watch my favorite movie of all time on New Year's Eve after a full year of trying to fit it into every podcast <laughs> that we've done. I mean, Tia, Tia, you know I love Hannibal Lecter. You know I love Sir Anthony Hopkins, Clarice. There's so much goodness to it. And there is, like, the interchangeable stories of, you know, you do, of course, have everything that's happening with Hannibal in Sterling. Sorry, we have to say it like Hannibal because apparently he loves saying her name in that freaking movie. I'm going to count it one day when I get bored. But uh, <laughs> he has the story of... that article. <laughs> right, right. How many times does Hannibal say Clarissa Sterling or make an window about eating people? Okay, dude, we get it. You eat people. But... <laughs> But, uh, no, I just, I love this movie. Um, I love movies where there's a character who's innately, like, I guess he's arguably evil. I mean, 
I, I'm not defending him. I'm just saying that he doesn't go out his way to eat good people all the time, just people that he sees as less than human. So, right, that's fine. Which I was reading in the book, by the way, that he's arguably more, um, what's the word for it, not as good in the books because apparently he ate someone for playing a flute poorly just because he hated how badly they played it, so he ate them. So I guess well, that's not... I mean, I guess have you he, heard someone play the flute badly? I, I was just going to say, I guess he felt that that was such an atrocity that it warranted being eaten for. Which, side note, you know when people do those horrible recorder uh, versions of the Titanic songs? <laughs> yeah. Where it's like off key, off pitch. Yeah, he'd be tracking them down. He he would totally be doing that. But yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching this movie. There is so much that goes on. I love the relationship between Hannibal and Sterling and everything going on in it, and just her. It it is like her. It's like her origin story almost. Like. She's this little, uh, she's an in-training FBI agent. I was trying to think if she was FBI or CIA. Do you see what I'm having? I've watched this movie a million times. It was FBI. But uh, (laughs) Federal Baroque. Yeah, 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 it was FBI. Now I'm having a moment. (laughs) But Tia, tell me why this is the best movie that has ever existed in the entire world. (laughs) Well, I do need to take one moment while we're on the subject of Anthony Hopkins, and I hope you don't mind. I just want to mention it really quickly. Um, any, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. The Two Popes on Netflix with uh, freaking Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price was amazing. I know that the name of the movie probably will deter people because they're like, why do I want to watch a movie about two popes, but um, Anthony Hopkins is just amazing as usual, which we have seen throughout the years how talented of an actor he is. And a lot of that um, praise, I believe, stems back to Silence of the Lambs, where the movie literally walked away with, I believe, five Oscar wins, which is amazing. Um and it's just so good, right? I mean, he's Sir Anthony Hopkins. He was obviously knighted. Was he knighted before or after this movie? Like, did the queen see this movie? And she's like, mm, yes, he's eating uh, impolite people. Let's knight him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I'm trying to think back. I think, I don't, I think it was Silence of the Land, but I think Sir Anthony Hopkins was actually about to give up on acting and go back home or at least try to do like with uh with movies and not plays and stuff he was going to give up on it before that movie and then like that brought him to like a whole nother level of fame so I'm trying to think it was probably afterwards I'm looking it up right now I mean I I can see where it would be afterwards right because like Anthony Hopkins is a wildly talented actor, right? But we all know that there was 
at some point in Hollywood that it didn't even necessarily matter how good of an actor you were. It was about your look. And, you know, Anthony Hopkins may not be the best-looking man, even back in his heyday, right? Or at least not whoa, the whoa. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just saying, like, not the traditional, like, you know, back in the day, you had, like, Clark Gable and shit like that, right? So it's like Hollywood was very prejudiced against anyone who didn't fit into a mold, pretty much. So I can see where his acting capabilities were kind of not, you know, like, overlooked at some point, and that could have probably discouraged him from, you know, continuing on with movies. But thank God he did because, you know, besides Silence of the Lambs, you know, you have Westworld, as I said, the two popes. I mean, he is a fantastic actor, and everything that he's been in has been utterly enjoyable. So thank God he didn't give up on acting. And he was knighted afterwards. The movie came out in 1991, and he was knighted in 1993. I'm telling you, uh, the queen thought that that was a perfect uh, idea and loved it so much that she decided to knight him over it. (laughs) All I'm thinking is off with her head. (laughs) Oh, no, what have I done? (laughs) Like, what goes into, like, being knighted, you know? Like, what did Anthony Hopkins do that was so amazing that he became a knight for it? And I'm saying, like, Queen Elizabeth is like, yep, you eat people who are improper. (laughs) Welcome aboard. (laughs) Welcome welcome aboard. I love it. I love it. Which, by the way, speaking of decades, she's lived a lot of decades. Oh, Absolutely. If you are like a woman and you want to feel absolutely empowered with yourself, you definitely need to watch some sort of documentary about Queen Elizabeth. She is like the, her and like Eleanor Roosevelt were like the most remarkable women of all time. Man. Well, now we have more movies to watch. <laughs> More documentaries. <laughs> More documentaries, exactly, exactly. Which, which I am always a fan of documentaries, so you know. You know. But, um, I believe actually we have AJ with us right now. AJ, is that you? Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Good morning, oh, no. AJ. <laughs> oh my gosh! Look, look. So I woke up at. Four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, and my oh, wow. stomach was hurting. <laughs> so I had to use the bathroom. Then I went back to sleep. Next thing I know, it's ten thirty. <laughs> I just woke up. Well, so we're happy to so have you. I was gonna say just, thank you for joining us. It's been a while since you've been on the I top know. ten. <laughs> Well, we were just Wait, what's today's to, top uh, ten? Is it the New Year's? Yes, the top ten movies to watch on New Year's Day. I'll go through what we've already gotten. Um, we did for number ten, Captain America, the first Avenger. Number nine was When Harry Met Sally. And Brittany just did Silence of the Lambs for number eight. So I think it's only fair that you get the number seven. Do you get the number seven? I'll do the next one. 
<laughs> you want me to have numbers? Okay, okay, okay. Let yeah, me look at my show. list. <laughs> All right, this is going to be a bit of a weird movie for me to pick for New Year's Day, but I don't know why when I was, like, looking at movies and shit like that, this popped up to, out to me. I was like, hey, I would watch this on New Year's Day. I feel like this would be a good movie. Um, and it's going no, to be no. 28, <laughs> it's gonna be 28 days later. I don't oh, know why. Oh, my goodness. I know. Nothing says welcome to the near other than a zombie apocalypse. But I don't know if you two know, I absolutely love this movie because it has freaking Killian Murphy in it. And it's like one of, I think, his first movies. And honestly, such an iconic zombie movie. Um, I still say to this day that The Walking Dead completely bit off of it because even though the show came out much later. It is based on a comic, and the comic came out after 28 Days Later. So the concept of freaking someone waking up in a hospital after, like, you know, a certain amount of time of being, like, in a coma or something like that to the world having been overrun by zombies. Um, Yeah, The Walking Dead bit off of 28 Days Later with that. So to me... Um, I like the way that it was shot. I like the way that the story kind of went, the mythos of the zombies where it was like more of a rage virus and like in other like zombie mythos, it's like, okay, freaking, you know, they're slow moving. You can kind of get ahead of them. But with 28 days later, these zombies are like, running marathons. They're doing sprints. Like if you're not athletic if you're not athletic, you're not getting away from these zombies. So, you know, it was it like the movie was encouraging at some points. It was completely sad and depressing and discouraging at some point. And I absolutely love the conclusion of the movie where Killian Murphy's character goes absolutely ape shit on all of the freaking uh, soldier guys that have captured the two women in it. And yeah, so, uh, oh, and let's lose the like rabid zombie that these soldier guys have like captured. So yeah, I love 28 Days Later. And I feel like for some reason it's a perfect movie to watch on New Year's Day. AJ, what do you think about 28 Days Later? And would you watch this movie while lounging about on New Year's Day? Of course. I uh, One of my favorite genres is horror, and I really love zombie movies. Um, even though I, it's actually played out a little bit, I still love enjoying, I still love enjoying, like, the old zombie movies, and I just, I just think it's fun to watch people get eaten. I know that's weird to say, but... Whoa. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, I I just like horror movies, and I think this is the best, one of the best movies to watch on New Year's Day for, for me at least. And, and Brittany, you don't get to go whoa because your pick literally was Silence of the Lambs, where the main character <laughs> no, is eating. No, no. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea. I blacked out. I have no recollection of what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> but what I do you think love of 28 days later. I remember when we 
watched it, I was like, this is Darwinism at its finest. This is awful. Because I've always said, you know, I've told you the story of nearly walking out of World War Z because it scared me so bad when I was younger. So for and part of the reason is because the way they freaking just run at you, there's something like so disconcerting about it. And I'm, I don't know if that was the right word. I don't know. I try to use a big word. I don't know if it if it panned <laughs> out well. But um, no, I I would definitely watch it because since me and you watched it on a random day anyways, why not on New Year's? Which Tia corrected me. I'm so bad about New Year's Eve and New Year's Day blend in so much for me that I'm like trying to always like figure out. I'm like, Okay, which one am I saying? Well, because this is the thing, right? New Year's Eve, most people say would be out and they're celebrating, they're drinking, they're watching the ball drop. And so then New Year's Day, you know, a lot of people have off from work. You're recovering from a hangover. It's a very good day to just sit in bed and watch movies. So I feel like this is our list of what we're going to do when we're in bed underneath the covers or just watching random shit. <laughs> living Which our best lives. Living our best lives while you're trying to nurse that hangover because you had just two more tequila shots than you should have had the night before. But oh, okay. no, why are you calling me out like that? No, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. We're all going to be like that. But yeah, so 28 Days Later, um, as far as horror movies go, still one of my favorite and still definitely my favorite zombie movie just because, I don't know, as you said, running zombies freaked me the fuck out. But for some reason, I felt like they did it right, the story and all that. Yeah, I hope that they never redo this movie because it'll be absolute crap. But AJ... Are you ready for the number six? <laughs> yes. Uh, for the number six, okay. I'm choosing Snowpiercer. Um, oh, my God. Oh, I was going to put this. I was going to put this. I love it. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> she I got so excited. People... <laughs> I had to say something good since I'm late. Uh, so I know many people haven't really watched this movie or haven't heard of it, but it's a movie where um, Chris Evans and a bunch of people are on a train, and instead of going through 2020, it jumps forward to a dystopian year of 2031, I think. Um, and because the climate change climate change has um, forced all humanity to live on a moving train. And New Year's is celebrated each time it has circumvent um it's um what is it? Circulated the um the globe. So every year they celebrate New Year's basically every single time. And I just love this movie because um Chris Evan was incredible in it. Um the director Bong Joon Ho, I think I said that right, I think is probably one of the most is one of the best uh, best directors out there today um, with movies like Okja and Parasite and The Host. Uh, Snowpiercer is probably one of his best movies. Um, I just love the 
thriller aspect of it. I just love the look and feel of the movie. It when did this come out? Did it come out twenty thirteen? Yeah, you're you're right, twenty thirteen. It came out twenty thirteen and it still holds up today. It just and I think this is one of Chris Hemsworth's um sorry, not Chris Hemsworth, I'm smoking. Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Evans, um, best performance I've seen ever, even more than Captain America, I think. Whoa. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put Snowpiercer as my number one, or as my number one, I guess, since it's my favorite New Year's <laughs> Eve movie to watch. You know, it's funny because I think Chris Evans had a quote where he said that most of his best performances people have never watched. And I believe that because people probably are just knowing him as Captain America. Yeah. But as you Don't know, as you know, I, I love Snowpiercer. <laughs> like, and I do think, believe it or not, I agree with AJ. I think that as much as I love Captain America, he's iconic. If you're talking about, say, just from a movie aspect and a performance aspect, I think Chris Evans definitely excels. Uh, I think he flexes his acting chops better in Snowpiercer because it allows him to um, than, say, when he's cast in America. I love this movie. Um, And clearly, uh, even though it is completely wonky and certainly within the style of the director, it's popular enough that it's getting a TV show um, on TNT, I believe. So, yeah, I love this movie. And it is it is definitely a great New Year's Day movie because they celebrate New Year's Day. And I, if, correct me if I'm wrong, AJ, but the whole thing is that when they go around the globe, the way that they remember that, they, that it's been another year is because they go over this one particularly uh, rough, patch of train tracks that there's always a chance that it could just hop up and just completely derail. So they're like, we've made it another year. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the whole, you know, it's very, uh, from the outside perspective, if someone tells you about this movie, hey, it's a movie where only a few survivors of a complete, like, snow apocalypse are in a never-ending train ride, and they've been on it for the past 17 years. You'd be like, that's weird. But I think it's really telling, first of all, of, like, what we're doing to our planet, because the whole thing is that we were going through, you know, uh, you know, climate change and all that, and that in order to try to respond to it, they plunge the world into an ice age. And then it's such a telling of like classism because you have people on the back of the train who are living off of pretty much bugs and shit while the people in the front of the train are living in luxury. Um, so I just like the whole thing about it. I loved Chris Evans' role in it, um, how guilty he feels because he never like sacrificed a limb of his like so many others in the back of the train did and I don't know I just love this movie I think Chris Evans did a great uh, role in it Ed Harris is in it and 
it's a fantastic movie, and I'm glad that AJ put it on because I was thinking about putting this on as well. Um, and it makes sense because in New York, at least, it's freezing right now, so it's a good New Year's Day movie. So, Brittany, what do you think about Snowpiercer? Did I ever force you to watch this? No, I haven't seen it yet, and you are right. From an outside perspective, when you first hear it, you're like, oh, God, what is this movie? Because I remember you telling me about people sacrificing limbs so other people can eat and how awful it is and the bugs. And uh, tell me if I'm right or wrong, and I know this is probably a spoiler, uh, cover ears, all that good stuff, but doesn't, like how the upper class is eating a lot of meat is because yes, no, with the people, the children. Well, they use, they're using the children pretty much as like forced child labor because in order to get into some of the cogs of the train, you need someone who's really small and it's the little children, but a lot of them I think end up like, getting hurt and stuff, but the whole thing about the children is the whole reason why at some point people start cutting off their own limbs is because before then they ran out of food and the front of the train wasn't feeding them and they literally started like eating people and eating like babies and shit. And oh, God. Um, and the way that ended was because one old man literally, like, said, like, cut off my arm and eat that instead, pretty much. Um, and Chris Evans, like, character, his whole thing is, like, A, he never, like, because all these other people started sacrificing their own limbs, and he never offered to. And he feels so guilty about it, but he also feels guilty because he's eaten babies before, and he's killed oh, God. And he killed the mother of this kid who now, like, was his, like, friend and shit, right? So it, it's this whole thing. It's, like, it's so beautifully done. And um, AJ Dreyfus, the director, is so fantastic. And all of it, like, AJ's going to yell at me, but I have not seen Parasite yet. But, um how do you feel, AJ, by the way, about Parasite being nominated for a foreign film instead of just being nominated um, in general as the best film of the year? Because there was some, like, uh, controversy around that. No. Uh, I, I don't even know anymore. I don't care anymore. <laughs> um, Parasite, for best foreign film, it definitely needs to be. Uh, Parasite as best film. Um, nominated, at least I'm just going to say nominated, it definitely needs to be in that category. Not just foreign film, but best film in general, it needs to be in. Uh, uh, remind me again, is this part of, what was this part of the Oscars, or that hasn't come out yet, right? That hasn't come out yet. This has been the Golden Globes, I believe. Yeah. Like I said, I don't care about the Golden Globes. There are a bunch of idiots over there. <laughs> just just because they don't agree with my opinion, they're all a bunch of idiots. <laughs> I mean, Wait, do they have the Irishman? Do they have the Irishman on? For, they probably um, do. They probably do. <laughs> God, that's so freak. That's so freaking frustrating. It's so overhyped and so uh. But, but 
but AJ, I was going to put The Irishman on my list for the top ten movies to watch on New Year's Day. It'll take up the whole day. Mm. <laughs> I'm joking. I'll, I'm I'll joking. be asleep. I, I'd rather be asleep. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so yeah, freaking no. boring. But it deserves the best, like, CGI and makeup of all time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that one. Do not know. No, Brittany was the one who Pikachu, said I was tough. P- Detective Pikachu deserves more praise for CGI than the Irishman. But that's all I'm going to say. I was telling Brittany about the Irishman, what, a couple of weeks ago. And she goes, oh, so they pretty much just use, like, a Snapchat filter and for their, like, de-aging. I was like, yes, exactly. Everyone was, like, praising the de-aging technology. And I'm like, it's not what good. It's, it's not, not good. good. <laughs> like, and the thing is, like... My boyfriend had pointed out that, like, Robert De Niro's body is still the body of an old man. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, his Very out of shape young it. man. Look, this is what I don't understand. I don't understand how people don't like Robert Downey Jr. as a young, um, younger in um, Civil War, but they love this. I, I don't get it. It looks the same to me. <laughs> It, it looks the same. If anything, if anything, I feel like the de-aging for Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War was much better than the de-aging in The Irishman. That's my opinion. All I'm saying is the de-aging in Star Wars was much better than Irishman and Civil War. What de-aging? With, um, case, with case, um, did you see the past... Um, Oh, wait. Dang it. I can't say it. Did you watch it yet? I did not watch Rise of the Skywalker. Oh, uh, no, I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know. I know. I know, I know that Karen no, Fisher. No, I'm going to let you. I'm it. not going to spoil it for you. I'm not going to spoil it for you. You're going to have to watch I it al- on your own. I already know shit that happened. It's all over Tumblr. I know what happened. I don't, I don't, to I don't care. Red. I'm not going to be the one that spoil, spoils it for you. <laughs> It's, so, it's, all, man. it's all on Tumblr. It's all on Twitter. I mean, they even had, like, a video of a whole theater reacting to the big Ray, like, thing at the end of the movie, which the theater okay, like, fine, hated it. Fine. I was like, I'm holy shit. Say, oh, it's not really a spoiler. But there was a scene where um we get to see young Luke and young Leia training together. And the de- the de-aging in that was, I thought, was really, really good. Better than the Irishman? Spoilers. <laughs> no, sure. No, so much better than the Irishman. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Well, as you can tell, we did not like the Irishman the way that I think Martin Scorsese wished that we liked the Irishman. But um, let's so move on. Very overrated. Um, Brittany, what is your number five? Okay, you're going to laugh. I really love Forrest Gump. 
because it's such Aww. a good movie of going throughout the years and life moving on. And there is a New Year's, uh, well, it's technically New Year's Eve to New Year's Day uh, scene with, uh, I think it was with uh, Lieutenant Dan. And uh, when there was the hookers in the room, I think it was also where uh, Jenny is with the guy, I think, and she almost commits suicide. But I don't know if that's like the exact same scene. But, it, you know, I always, for some reason with New Year's, I want to watch movies of, like, things moving on and how life changes because it is a new year. Like, who's to say what's all going to happen next year for the better or the worse? But, you know, just getting to see Forrest's life, like, and all the events that happen even in his lifetime, uh, you know, whether or not a lot of them were real, how they exactly came to be and how forest influenced them or not but uh all the events that could happen in his lifetime and it makes me think about like what's going to happen next year what's going to happen in the next five years there is that excitement that comes with with the new year and but forest is just adorable anyways and he's so naive and kind and it's just like even through all that stuff like even with uh like uh, with the school, I think it was Alabama and segregation, and he couldn't quite understand it. Like, you know, how he he doesn't quite understand things, but he's just a good-hearted person, and it's just one of those feel-good movies that I like to watch. It's funny that you mentioned Forrest Gump. Um, I don't know why, but on the news, it said that Tom Hanks, was just made an honorary Greek citizen by the Greek president or prime minister, whatever they have over there. But um, so Tom Hanks is Greek, which goes back to my big fat Greek wedding that everybody wants to be Greek. <laughs> there are two types of people in the world, Greeks and people who wish no, they were Greek. They were Greek. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Apparently... When he's not making movies, he spends most of the year in Greece anyway because his wife is uh, an, a Greek-American. So, yeah. But uh, so I don't know if that means he's not American anymore and if he's a Greek or he has a dual citizen, dual citizen but we love Greek actor Tom Hanks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Is it your grandma that's obsessed with Tom Hanks? My, which by the way, I'm sorry again, the uh, sirens in the back are burning down Yonkers, clearly. But yeah, my grandmother loves Tom Hanks, like loves him, says to me that Tom Hanks has never done a bad role. He's always enjoyable in his movies. She thinks that his movies are, you know, because my grandparents are really old school. They don't like movies that have a lot of cursing in them. They don't like movies that have a lot of violence. They don't like movies that have unnecessary sex in them. So it's like to them, and especially to my grandma, Tom Hanks is safe, which is really funny because the first time I ever watched Scarface was at their house. So very strange that they have all these, like, rules, but they like Scarface. Well, they're secretly mobsters, so that's just nothing new to them. Shh. 
you can't say that on on uh, on air. <laughs> the mom oh is after us. <laughs> no, but <laughs> sorry guys, my freaking throat. Um, I love Forrest Gump, the movie. It it is good. It is a she said a feel good movie that you go through the journey that Tom Hanks' character Forrest goes through. As I think we said the last time that this is on the list, it's it's a, you know aspiring. It's inspiring. You see him, you know, being chased by those bullies, and then finally the braces come off, which. I don't know if that's physically possible to happen, but it's okay. It's the movies. It can happen, you know? <laughs> but, no, I, I love it. I love Forrest Gump. It's a classic. Uh, I believe Tom Hanks won an Oscar for this, and I think that, you know, it's deserving, and it, it is. It's a, a good movie. It has its uplifting parts. It has its sad parts. It's It's just a whole lot in one, and as I said, Every time I watch it, I am so excited to eat shrimp afterwards. So, yeah. Love Forrest Gump. Gump. AJ, what are your thoughts on Forrest Gump? And is it a good New Year's Day movie to watch? It's not only just a good New Year's Eve movie or New Year's Day movie to watch. You can watch that movie anytime you want and just feel joy and love and just everything with this movie. So, of course, I'm going to say yes. You definitely need to watch this on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. But you can also watch it year-round. Like y'all said, Tom Hanks is incredible in it. Um, I just love the character of Forrest Gump. Uh, The quote, um, life is like a box of chocolate still gets me till today. And <laughs> and I just think that this is probably is this is definitely one of his like biggest performance for me, and I loved um what was it what just came out this year with Tom Hanks um won't you be my neighbor no a beautiful day in the neighborhood and I thought he was freaking incredible in that but with Forrest Gump, I think this is probably one of his most iconic roles out of all of his iconic. <laughs> Out of all of his iconic roles that he has, um, he has a lot. Yeah, he has so many, but I think this is the one that tops them all. And I, I just love Tom Hanks. I love all his movies, almost all his movies. I didn't really care for Soli that much. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm never... at their group. Go on. I was just, I was just gonna say, I never saw Soli. And I haven't seen A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood yet. Uh, which, oh, but it's it, it so makes, good. It makes sense, though. When they said that Tom Hanks was going to play um, Mr. Rogers, it, it really is just a perfect casting. Like, yes, of course. Uh, who else is better to play an iconic person who all of America loves other than an actor who pretty much all of America loves. If you don't love Tom Hanks, I feel like there might be something wrong with you. Tom Hanks for president. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No, he he has to be a Greek president now. I'm I'm rolling. Oh, no. He's a Greek prime minister. (laughs) 
I laugh because he has a typewriter collection. Uh, he collects antique <laughs> ones, and like these, uh, he these people that wanted him to come to their wedding, they sent him a typewriter, and with that typewriter, he wrote them a letter saying like he's like. He just goes on about how much he loves the top writer and how he's basically like SU for sending this because I love it so much. But I think he couldn't like make the wedding, but he still like wrote them a letter with it. <laughs> now I just want um like one of those uh remember cribs? But for him, it's just his typewriter collection. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> Like, oh, my God, like, it's just his typewriter collection. Like, how many typewriters are we talking about, you know? like I'm talking about a lot. <laughs> he has, like, a whole mini house just to, like, have them. Um, he's Currently, he's working with, uh, with Apple to produce a throwback typewriter that's digital. I wouldn't be surprised if that comes out. <laughs> I yeah. thought you were serious for a second because I believed it so much. I was like, really? <laughs> it sounds like the type of shit that Apple would do. And then they would charge you like $3,000 for it. Um, <laughs> but I love Forrest Gump. I love Tom Hanks. I will, like, as much as this is an icon, sorry, an iconic role of his, um, I still think his best performance was in Philadelphia, but that's just me. But every performance is good. Captain Phillips was also a fantastic movie. Like, he's just awesome. Like, Tom Hanks, you rule. And Forrest Gump is a great freaking movie. So, Brittany, thank you for putting this on the list. I feel like this is one of the most perfect movies to be chilling out, on New Year's Day and just watching some Forrest Gump. Um, I am going to hit the number four. And this is going to be a little bit of a, a weird movie because it's not like a happy movie. But I feel like I need to put it down because I just recently rewatched it. And I don't know why. I feel like it'd be a good, like, you got time, you should watch it type of movie. And I'm going to put Gone Girl because I love this movie. And I forget who I was talking to about it. I don't know if I was talking to you about it recently, Brittany, but this is one of those movies that I tried to watch it a few times, right? And I actually, the first few times I watched it, couldn't make it past the first 10 minutes because I thought it was, like, boring, right? Yeah. And I remember, and I remember talking to Kelly and Kelly was like, it's one of the best movies. She's like, keep watching. She was like, get past the, the first 10 minutes. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll get past. And I did. And it is, like, seriously one of my favorite movies now. It is so freaking iconic. Um, it stars uh, Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike. And for those who don't know, the whole backstory is that uh, ben Affleck and Rosamund's character are married. They obviously are going through a shit ton of rough patches. And one day, Ben Affleck's character wakes up and his wife is missing. And it goes from her being missing to the cops believing that she possibly could have been murdered. 
and because they are going through so much rough patches and essentially Ben Affleck can't stand her, he necessarily doesn't look like the grieving, like, worried husband. And all of the evidence points to him that he probably has something to do with her disappearance. Well, you find out at some point, I guess, spoiler alert, but, you know, again, you should know. You should have seen this movie already. But um, it's revealed that she, too, couldn't stand him because to her, while he feels like she is stuck up and is draining her life out of him, she is resentful that not only did he pretty much, like, close himself in once he lost his job, but... He moved her out of New York City to Minnesota without really even asking. And then on top of that is cheating on her with, like, one of his students because he's a professor at this point. So she is like, fuck you to this guy and pretty much stages this whole thing to look like she disappeared and, like, he killed her so that he would go to jail. And at this point, I don't know if it's true anymore, but at this point, Minnesota has the death penalty. So she is pissed, and she really wants him to pay. And she has this whole speech about how, well, she has this whole speech where she's like, he whittled me away till I was nothing. She goes, if that isn't murder, I don't know what is. And it's like, whoa. But then what gets even crazier is that he goes on national television to pretty much like, clear his name because it's come out at this point that he was having an affair and you know everyone's looking at him like he could be possibly the murderer so he goes on television he does this like big grandiose speech about how you know she made him a better person and blah 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 and she suddenly starts feeling like I want to go back to him so she makes up this elaborate it gets better she makes up this elaborate plan to get back with her high school boyfriend, played by Neil Patrick Harris, who he's been obsessed with her all these years, like sending her letters and shit. And she originally, like, gets with him, makes it seem like, you know, that she did all this because she's afraid of her husband and that he's he's been, you know, threatening to kill her. And he's like, oh, my God, come, like... Neil Patrick Harris's character. He's like, oh, my God, come back to me, blah, blah, blah. And he's, like, really wealthy. So he has, like, this really, like, gorgeous, massive house. And it has um, cameras everywhere. Well, she literally makes it look like for the cameras, like she's being held hostage, right? And then she does. Yeah, and then she ends up fucking Neil Patrick Harris. But as she's fucking him, she slits his throat and kills him. And it's just crazy. She makes it seem like, you know, he captured her and held her prisoner and has been raping her for, like, months and shit, and she finally got away. And it's just insane. It's so That's insane. So what right the there. fuck? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, she ends, up, she ends up going back home. And the thing is, like, at this point, at the end of the movie, right, like, news reporters are outside Ben Affleck's home, like, the whole entire time. 
So she all of a sudden she like drives up and everyone's like, Who's that? Who's that? And she gets out of the car and they're like, Oh my god, it's Amy because the character's name is Amy, Rosamond Pike. And she's all bloody and distraught and she like and she like walks up to Ben Affleck as if she's so happy to see him and she goes into his arms and Ben Affleck whispers in her ear, You fucking bitch and she just faints and is like pretend to faint in his arms. It is wild. And I know I just went through the whole entire plot with you. But yeah, yeah. This movie's crazy. So that's gonna be my number four for uh movies to watch on New Year's Day because it is insane and it is just like a really good watch. And you know I'm not the biggest Ben Affleck fan here. So if I say that a movie with him deserves to be on the list, I must have really liked it. So, Brittany, I don't think you've seen this movie, but based on what I've told you, what do you think? I think this movie's on drugs. What the hell? (laughs) What just happened? I have so many questions, and we don't have enough time, but, like, I don't, I don't. Do I even want to watch that? Would I be stressed out? Oh, it's so stressful. (laughs) You're like, you know what you should do with your New Year's? You should, like, watch it so you're eternally grateful that your year can't possibly be as shit as that guy's life with his bitch-ass wife. Well, the thing is, is that if you're having, like, feelings maybe about, like, say, your relationship, if there's anyone out there like that, at least you can know that you're not as fucked up as the two people in this movie. <laughs> Cause because at the end, like, he really wants a divorce, right? At this point, he's like, you're fucking insane. Not only did you try and pin your supposed murder on me, but then you went and murdered a guy, and she's like, I murdered someone for you. She's like, I saved you. She's like, she's like, you think that you'd be happy with a good old Midwestern girl? Not uh baby. I'm it. And he's like, you're crazy. He's like, as soon as this whole, like, shitstorm is done, he's like, we're getting a divorce. And then next thing you know, she's fucking pregnant because she literally like, took his sperm and, like, turkey basted itself in the <laughs> So then Affleck has to tell his okay, sister we need that to leave. <laughs> then Affleck has to tell his sister that he's staying with her. And I'm like, this is insane. What is going on? I love this movie. I can't help it. <laughs> Tia, yeah. I question our friendship. <laughs> it's so good. The movie's so good. AJ, have you seen Gone Girl? Yes, I have. And um, when did it come out? 2014? I think that uh, movie think was so. like the biggest what the fuck moment. <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> that I just watched moment. And I loved every single second of it. Um, oh, God. What's her character's name again? M- M- Amy. Amy. There you go. Amy. Yeah. And um, the character um, Emily from Simple Favor are the two characters I'm so <laughs> I'm so freaking scared of because they're both crazy, and I love it. <laughs> I guess I'll tell you, <laughs> I just love crazy. I guess. 
Man. Um, Are you calling your girlfriend I think I'm crazy? <laughs> and I, I, can't, I don't think I can say that on there. <laughs> she's, she's nice but crazy at the same time. That's how I'm going to say it. Okay, okay. But anyway, Gone Girl is probably one of the Gone Girl is probably one of the best movies of 2014, and 2014 for me was probably like one of the biggest, um, the bestest movies of all time for me. Like there were so many great movies out there, but with Gone Girl, I think it was probably like one of the biggest what the fuck moments I've ever felt in my entire life. David Fincher as director was perfect for it. Um, all his movies are what the basically all his movies are what the fuck movies and that's probably yeah. one of the reason why I love David Fincher so much because you don't know what's going on next just like Christopher Nolan you don't know what's going to happen next but those these two are so those two are so like different at the same time but they still give you that what did I just watch and can I watch it again like it, it just makes you want to go see it over and over and over again. And with Gone Girl, I think it does deserve to be <laughs> in your New Year's Eve or New Year's Day's um, movie marathon list because you need at least one what-the-fuck movie in any <laughs> list ever. So I, I'll have to agree on this one. And David Fincher is certainly a fantastic director because I don't know if you watch Mindhunter, but he um, he has his hands in Mindhunter. So he is fantastic at building these really dark, mysterious uh, worlds. And Brittany, um, this movie is based off of a novel of the same name uh, by Gillian Flynn, and she's the yeah. same person who wrote the book that that movie Dark Places is based off of the one with Corey Stoll who plays Ben. Oh, oh, it all comes full circle then. Yeah, exactly. But I love Gone Girl. It to me solidified Rosamund Pike as a fantastic actress, um, just because of how she was able to really convey that character. I liked all of them. Like um, you know, for the next Matrix, Matrix 4, Neil Patrick Harris was cast, and a lot of people, like, kind of scoffed at that because they only know him, say, in, like, funny, not serious roles, you know, from How I Met Your Mother. And even though he didn't have the biggest role in Gone Girl, to me, he was slightly unhinged in Gone Girl. And I feel like you can see in Neil Patrick Harris where he has the ability to do more serious parts. So I love him as an actor. His little part was great in it. And again, I'm not the biggest fan of Ben Affleck. So if I like him in a movie, it's a good movie. Just saying. Um, But yeah, Gone Girl definitely is going to be a part of my viewing pleasure. AJ, what is your number three for us? Okay, so with me, I know many people didn't like it, and I know it's probably one of the corniest movies out there, but (laughs) I love it so much. Um, I'm picking Are We There Yet with Ice Cube. 
Um, I just love oh, the chemistry God. between Ice Cube and what's his character? Oh, God, Nick. Sorry. Nick's character and um, Susan and Lindsay and what's the younger brother's name? Kevin. Kevin. Um, Kevin's chemistry all together. I think it's one of the funniest movies, cutest movies. Uh, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going the opposite spectrum with, um, from T on this because he. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, but your taste in movies are, are is incredible but crazy at the same time. Um, <laughs> And and, and I love I it so for. much. I, I love it so much, but I have to go on the opposite spectrum so we can diversify a little bit. Um, but yeah, are we there yet? I I love it. Many people don't like it because it's super corny and and I don't know. I just love these type of movies. Um, we got comedy, romance. I, one of my weaknesses is romantic comedies. So. <laughs> Having that and a little bit of romance sprinkled into it at the same time, uh, I really love this movie at the same time. So I'm going to pick Are We There Yet for my New Year's Eve movie. Sometimes I really forget that Ice Cube made movies. <laughs> like, But, okay, so AJ, you're going to laugh at me. Um, I've never seen Are We There Yet, but I definitely know about the movie. Um, because didn't it have also a sequel? It did. It did, it did, that's right. Listen, I I love, like, having, you know, more of a fun, lighthearted movie on it because romantic comedies are there for us to feel good about ourselves. You, of course, have... I feel like in every romantic comedy moments of, you know, like sadness and then it has to come back up and they're beautiful that way and they're hilarious. And I think that this definitely came out during the time that Ice Cube was pretty, like he was moving into more of a movie direction and moving out of his music career. So I think that I... I don't know. I've never heard many people actually dislike this movie. I thought it was one of those movies that people actually enjoyed, but I, I guess that's just me. But Brittany, have you ever seen Are We There Yet? Yes, I have. I've seen it a few times. It's been a long time for me. I just always thought it's funny because isn't Ice Cube supposed to be like one of like the OG rappers, like very hardcore, like came from a yeah. really rough upbringing yeah. and now he's like in the cute sweet movie where you see hard ass uh, he's just dating the woman right they're not married or engaged they're just dating think, and I the children hate one, him I think in this one he's trying to get with her okay. he's not really dating, that, he's not really dating her or anything Oh, and, and I know he's, like, having to win over the children because the children have, like, scared off every boyfriend that she's ever had. And I just think it's so funny to see him in that type of role, especially because uh, just because of his past and, like, how how scary things were for him growing up. And then to see him playing in, like, these romantic comedies or just straight comedy movies, I'm like, that's definitely a turn. I like it. 
I mean, to be fair, though, I feel like most of the rappers around that time kind of went in the same direction. I mean, Ice-T literally had a song out called Cop Killer, and now he's been on one or SVU for, like, the past 19 years. Oh, my gosh, that's true. Uh, Snoop Dogg is, like, doing specials with Martha Stewart, and 50 Cent is, like, a TV show producer. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> I guess you know what? you got to <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. But um, at first I was like, who else is on our podcast right now? <laughs> no, um, I don't know what happened. It was one of those things that uh, the laptop decided it wanted to talk to me, and I was like, no. <laughs> no. So, obviously, you guys know that when I do these podcasts, most of the time my mom is listening and likes to make comments while I'm doing the podcast. She'll message me, and she goes, um, when I said, like, hey, I, I never saw Are We There Yet? She goes, yes, we saw it with the sassy little girl. Well, I don't remember. I don't remember a sassy little girl, Mom. So you probably saw it, and I did it. But <laughs> it's okay. Tia um, has terrible memory. I, I really, I really. Do. Unless That's it's holding grudges. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's oh like, ha, 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 I'm gonna murder you. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. But I keep. I think. I'm, like, looking it up because I feel like I don't want to say it wrong, but his son, O'Shea, or something like that, is now also getting into movies and shit, so I don't know why I think that's, like, pretty cool. Like, as you said, uh, oh, yeah, his son, O'Shea Jackson Jr., okay. Um, Oh, Ice Cube's name is O'Shea. Do you know I never knew his real name? He's just Ice Cube. It was incredible and straight out of Compton. His first first name, Ice, last name, Cube. (laughs) What did you say, AJ? I said um, he was incredible um, straight out of Compton. He was really good. O'Shea Jackson. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's getting into, like, movies. Um, I saw him in Den of Thieves. And I remember I was like, this guy looks really freaking familiar. And when I looked at the cast, I was like, oh, his dad is Ice Cube. I'm like, yep, there it is. That's why this guy looks so freaking familiar He's like to a me. clone. <laughs> He's like yeah. a clone to his, to his father. It's, it's really, like, jarring sometimes because you're like, either Ice Cube doesn't age or this is just someone else. <laughs> Yeah, you don't even need to de-age Ice Cube. Just put his son in there, and you're good to go. <laughs> were you? This is gonna go back to the Irishman, but AJ, were you on the podcast where we were arguing with Juwan and saying that he they should have gotten younger actors to play yes. like Robert yes. and he was so <laughs> insistent on no. He was like, no, 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 and I was like, yes, and said it wouldn't have looked so crazy. Oh my god. It always goes back to the Irish and it's gonna be like five years. Juwan loves that movie. He loves that movie. And it's so crazy because this comes from the man 
who not only complained about the Dark Knight being three hours, but he was like, yes, I don't get that. But he he was like, he was like shaking when they said that Endgame was going to be like three hours. He was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to have to go pee. I'm going to be bored. It's going to be too long. And it's like both of the movies that I just mentioned had action to keep you engaged. And The Irishman was like, one long ass news fest, and the fact that he said that he watched it straight through, I couldn't watch it straight through. I had to pause that shit. His ears, Jawan's ears are gonna be burning. He'd be like, I feel a disturbance <laughs> in the floors. It, it took Ryan like three or four days to get it through. <laughs> I, I remember pausing the Irishman at some point and I was like, oh my god I still have two hours to go what the fuck are they going to do for the next two hours we've already been through so much shit in the first hour and a half it was insane it was like, it's a journey Like you have to, you have to be committed to watch that freaking movie but Jesus uh, <laughs> Brittany's like, I don't know if I'm ever going to watch it, guys, but I will. I know, y'all just about. already scared me off. The thing no, is, it wouldn't have been that. It wouldn't have been that bad of a movie if they had, like, trimmed off, like, an hour of it. There was so much shit that we didn't need to see. And if they had just gotten, like, a younger actor to play Robert De Niro in the flashback. But. I don't know. I guess to each his own, but I love AJ that you put Are We There Yet? Um, We need to have a fun movie on this list, and I think that maybe I will watch it as well so that I can get some romantic comedy up in my life since, uh, as you said, (laughs) my taste is is pretty strange. (laughs) But um, Nothing wrong with that. I love it. Thank you, thank you. Um, my throat is like, Tia, we're running on fumes right now. So, Brittany, what is your number two on our list? I I was leading it back to this. I'm going to go with Avengers Endgame because I started with Captain America, and I think if we're going to start around the beginning of the Marvel Universe, why not? watched the last one that like brought in the new era for us and uh yeah like because like I said before we are coming to the point where we're going to be seeing so many new Marvel movies this year and uh a lot of the Marvel TV shows yes yes and so I think it's important to look back at that three hour long movie as you were just talking about and just uh it would take up a good chunk of the day and to be able to just lay there and fully enjoy it and cry over Tony all over again, which is fine. It's fine. It's not fine. But um, <laughs> I, I do love Avengers Endgame, though, because it, I felt like it wrapped up everything nicely. I am sad over Captain America. And, like, I'm not – I guess I'm not really sad that it happened. It's kind of bittersweet. I'm gonna miss Steve Rogers, but he got to be with his Peggy. 
and he got to, like, have his life with her. The only thing I'm just like, Tony, you finally got to have a kid, and now it's like, I don't know, it's just very sad. But I want to know why they can't just go back in the past and bring back a version of Tony, since apparently they can do that with Gamora. They cheated with Gamora! And they, like, they, Gamora, they Gamora isn't that much of an important character as Tony Stark. Tony Stark. They don't, don't. Then bring back Natasha. You you tell me about the Soul Stone, about how nobody can be brought she's back. She's not, she's not just, coming they, back. They, it's just the past yeah. of her. It's coming. What is it coming through? Um, Civil War and Avengers Endgame. I think. Yeah, no. but then you Civil can just do that for Natasha. People are getting but she's not com- here, technically like, she's not coming back for the actual like timeline. She's not really coming. Yeah, she's not really coming back. Back. It's just and that and that Gamora is not and that Gamora is not the Gamora who died. That's 2014 Gamora. That Gamora has no recollection because nothing. Not that she has no recollection. That Gamora hasn't been through the first Guardians of the Galaxy, the second Guardians of the Galaxy, like Tony's death needed to mean something. It's the same reason why James Gunn said he would not bring back Yondu because Yondu's death has to mean something. So Tony Stark's death needs to mean something. Well, I guess that was Tony. I do understand that was Tony, but why not Natasha? Because they needed to retire a few Avengers to make way for the new Avengers. But they keep Hawkeye? Hawkeye. Well, yeah, no, that makes no sense. That makes no sense. Really? Really? No, to be fair, Hawkeye does train a new Hawkeye or Hawker, I should say. So oh, for him staying say- for him staying into it makes more sense than Natasha because she doesn't really train anybody into like the new new age. She could have though. Superhero. There was there was possibilities. Yeah, they took yeah. away all the chances. You just don't like Hawkeye. <laughs> Hawkeye. I don't blame Brittany. I don't blame <laughs> Brittany. Like, <laughs> I, they I should really have let him throw himself off the cliff. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. Rude. Like, wow. Wow. I guess I'm the only I'm, one that likes Hawkeye here. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have as big of a problem with Hawkeye if A, Jeremy Renner just didn't put his foot in his mouth all the time. He complained that he had, like, no lines in the first Avengers, and then we had to waste, like, 40 minutes of Age of Ultron on his stupid family, and I'm <laughs> sorry. Like, I wouldn't have I liked much the of a problem. Scenes. I, I hated like the, the family, family scene. scenes. I hated the family scenes. I hate the family scene. But, <clears throat> back to Avengers Endgame. Yes, this definitely deserves to be on the list. This is a great New Year's Day viewing pleasure. It should have been three hours longer. I, I needed so much of it because Whoa. it was, you know what I mean. It was so fast-paced, right? Because, first of all, you had, like, over 20 characters in this freaking movie. Like, that's huge. And then there was so much that needed to be done. It's like, I love all of it, like, I, I I don't know, it was just so good, right, it's just so good, like, I loved the nostalgia factor, 
like going back in time to the different points and seeing things. It's like it just reminded you of what you loved about um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe to begin with. I love that Tony and Cap didn't originally make up, you know, at first, but then they needed to come together. Like, I love that. I love when freaking they go to get Tony and he refuses at first, and then he's just, like, he discovers, like, what they need to, like, successfully go back in time, and him just giving Cap the shield back and shit. It was, like, so symbolic. I loved how important Ant-Man was in this because we can all agree that Paul Rudd missing from Infinity War was like the biggest tragedy of the movie, obviously. There was no other tragic moment in Infinity War other than Paul whoa, Rudd. Whoa, being whoa, whoa. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking, obviously. But I love that. I love Paul Rudd's involvement. I, You know what I loved about Endgame, and I think it's what maybe people didn't like about Endgame? You know, in all of Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, the movies are pretty much action movies, right? It was certainly Infinity War was. And yes, Endgame was as well. But there was a lot of Endgame where we almost saw the Avengers as normal people, and I liked that. I liked seeing them almost as normal people, you know, not always talking about battle plans are not always like suiting up pretty much you know like that we had those moments where Tony was just a family guy that Cap was you know doing uh you know support groups and shit that Natasha was you know sitting there eating a freaking peanut butter sandwich like I like seeing that sense of normalcy for a moment before they all suit up and other yeah, and then even, like, Fat Thor I loved. Like, you know, at first you laugh at him, but then when you, like, realize, like, oh, my God, like, he got pretty much hit the hardest out of all of them. Like, with everything that happened in Infinity War, it's like, whoa. I loved it. I loved them going back to the time that uh, Tony got to be with his dad and freaking, you know, uh, finding out that no matter what timeline it was, Gamora always wanted to get away from Thanos. I love that shit. And nothing was better. Nothing was better than that end scene, all right, man? Like, every part of it. Freaking Cap picking up Mjolnir, which we, like, saw foreshadowed back in Age of Ultron and the whole on your left with all of the freaking portals opening. Like, do you know how much my theater freaking lost their minds when Black Panther and Shuri first walked through? And it's like, it was insane. It was the best thing. Like, I'm going to go on YouTube or just at least skip to that part because it's my favorite freaking part of the movie. It's so good. Brittany, Avengers Endgame is is truly the perfect movie to watch on New Year's Day. AJ, like, you loved Endgame, right? Endgame is my favorite movie of all time. So, of course, Whoa. I'm going to agree. I'm not saying it's the best <laughs> movie of all time. It's the it's my favorite movie of all time. Um, There's another movie that's tied with Avengers Endgame, but I'll get to that with my last pick. But anyway, like you all said, all the 
I just had so many emotions with this movie from happiness, sadness, anger, joy, all all of the emotions. And to <laughs> at the end of the movie I had like the I had the biggest headache in my life, but I think <laughs> for me it was worth it because of all those emotions I had with this movie. Um Anybody that dislikes this movie just because you don't want fun in your life or joy in your life, <laughs> uh, I feel sorry for you, but like I always say, your opinion is your opinion. Not everything has to be a perfect movie, per se, because no movie is actually perfect anyway. But like you said, once um, Cap um, picked up Milner, Meow, 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 meow. I'm going to start calling it Meow Meow. Um, meow Meow. Isn't that what Darcy called it in the first yeah. four? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, everybody in my theater clapped, started crying, yelling everything when that scene <laughs> happened. And oh, that was, it was one so of I was probably the biggest one of I was probably the biggest crier in that oh. theater. Um, I cheered when that happened. I was like, oh, they finally did it. I thought it was going to be one of those things where we were always just going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, Cap could probably lift it. Remember when he moved it a little in Age of Ultron? But the Russo See, brothers I knew were it like, was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen, but I did not know it was going to happen in this movie for some reason. Like, I knew it was going to happen at some point in the MCU's career because we all know Kevin Feige is probably one of the biggest Marvel nerds slash fans of all time because he has to be to make these movies the way they are now. And this is why I don't understand with um, some fans. Like, they still doubt his fandom and his nerdom and his, what's the word, the way he conducts business and all of that, some people still doubt him. And for like the past, what, 10, 12, 13 years, we've had the MCU. He has has done nothing other than like Iron Man 2 and (laughs) Thor Dark World. And he, of course, corrected that. So that's fine. But... (laughs) Not as you said, not not all of them could be winners, you know. (laughs) Yeah, but what? How many movies is it? Like thirteen movies out of two out of the thirteen movies, they're all incredible. At least for me, at least. Some people love them. Twenty movies. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) that's even better. (laughs) That that's even better because was like a. Uh, anyway, he has a near perfect <laughs> score with me, with a universe that's oh god, I'm hating myself just going to say this, but a universe that's built even better than Star Wars. Even though I love Star Wars as a franchise by itself, I'm not. I love Star Wars with passion, but Kevin Feige has created a world that's more cohesive than Star Wars. I think since Disney got Star Wars, even though I love all the the new trilogy and all, but for Kevin Feige to build something so strong, so powerful that many many people just go out 
and watch over and over again. Just like Star Wars, by the way, creating like what seven hundred million movies at the least to a billion, no problem. I just think that this movie by itself can be watched any time of the year. Um, if you want to do a movie marathon, watch all of the MCU over again, and then create that atmosphere for yourself if you want. Because I think no matter how many times you revisit each movie, you'll love it over and over again. So I agree with this pick. It's a fantastic pick. I have to say really quickly, Brittany, that I think my favorite is when they go back to 2012 to the first Avengers movie, and you kind of see, like, the behind-the-scenes what's going on. Uh, like, I absolutely love when Brock and the other Hydra people come in, and at that point, like, Cap is like, well, we didn't know at that point that they were bad guys, and Ant-Man's like, how could you not? They look like bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> Are you and it's like Ant Man just you love Brock. Like just pointing out the obvious, you have Loki there, like with his shenanigans and shit. And I love the whole first of all, Cap like Cap battling Cap when like two thousand twelve Cap is like, I could do this all day and Steve's like, Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, it's my line, all right? I, I get it. And freaking, what is uh, what does Ant Man say? He's like, as far as I'm concerned, that's America's that's ass. America's <laughs> ass. That that line kills me. I I freaking love that line. And, and Steve Rogers looking at his own ass and, <laughs> and confirming that is America's ass. So like, I love, I'm saying this right now. Endgame Steve Rogers was the best Steve Rogers. He was yes, he was. Everything. The way the way he got annoyed, the way he got annoyed with himself saying, I can do this all day. He was like, I know, I know. I was like, yes. But also that tells you like his character development throughout like mm-hmm. the first Avengers to Endgame. It's been a huge character yeah. development, just like Iron Man, just like Thor, just like um, Black Widow, just like everyone in the MCU, MCU. You see each character grow and grow and grow. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's probably one of the biggest franchises, because we just see, we just watch them grow, and I like that very much. Absolutely. And I absolutely can't wait for the next phase of Marvel movies, starting with Black Widow, and I can't wait for all of the Disney Plus Marvel shows to come out, because I'm just pumped for them already. They are currently filming Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I believe they're going to start production on the Loki series soon, if they haven't already, so yeah, super pumped, super, super pumped. Um, Guys, we are down to the number one on our list. Um, and as usual, I'm going to name them off. We have Captain America, First Avenger, When Harry Met Sally, Silence of the Lambs, 28 Days Later, Snowpiercer, Forrest Gump, Gone Girl, Are We There Yet, Avengers Endgame. And AJ, since you don't 
also make it to the show, I want to give you the number one spot. So I know that you said you had one that you were saving, and I want you to just end off the the list in a big way. Okay. So my pick is Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Uh, <laughs> just like Endgame, I think this is my favorite movie of all time. He's tied with Endgame. Just because I think J.J. Abrams did like a fantastic job building, uh, not yeah, building these characters up or starting these characters off and then ending it. I really wish he did direct the uh, Last Jedi, but I'm not going to be complaining about it. Anyway, I love the chemistry between Ray, Poe, and Finn. Um, C-3PO was hilarious in it. Um, the action choreography has definitely definitely gotten better um, from The Last Jedi. Um, the score, I think, is probably one of the best scores in any of the Star Wars um, movies. Uh, I do have some issues with it, but I'm not going to poke around in that right now. Um, I just feel like this was the best way you can end a franchise, much like Endgame was. Uh and I feel like you can watch this movie year-round as well, but specifically on New Year's Eve or day because much like Endgame, <laughs> much like Endgame, you will have a happier life, I think. <laughs> I'm being dramatic <laughs> here, but anyway, you'll have a happier life throughout the next year because you've watched Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, and Endgame on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Um, I just I just really love this movie. I know it's not the best movie of 2020, so no one get mad at me because I already know on Twitter, Ryan is going to start screaming at me. Many other people are going to be like, it's, not, it's not the best. Yeah. So I'm, I'm choosing Rise of Skywalker because it made me happy. It made me cry. It made me everything. Um, Ray, I love Ray. I can't spoil anything. I'm trying so hard not to. Ray is probably my. Uh, Are you gonna start I crying wanna, now? I just wanna, I feel like I feel like I can feel. I can hear it in your voice. It's okay. We can be emotional. I just here. want. <laughs> I just want to see more stories with Ray. Um, I want her to grow the Jedi. The um yeah, I want I want her to grow the Jedi. Uh I can't wait to see what they what else they do for um Disney Plus. Uh with the Obi Wan series. Just that I'm just excited for Star Wars in the future in general. So I I pick Rise of Skywalker as my last pick. I will say that I have not seen Rise of the Skywalker, and I haven't yet watched the last episode of The Mandalorian. I'm going to watch it today. I Incredible. I will say that The Mandalorian definitely makes me excited for the upcoming Star Wars shows. And, yes, I will watch the last one. Um, and Brittany has to catch up so that the three of us can do a top ten on it. But oh, I don't know. 
This is about Rise of Skywalker. Um, I haven't seen the movie yet, but spoiler alert, I guess, because I've seen a shit ton of spoilers. Um, AJ, what is your commentary on that one? I don't know if you watched the freaking. Uh... <laughs> I just saw your thing on freaking Facebook. I do. That's funny. Yes, I definitely need some green tea right now. Um, my my throat's going away. Um, but freaking, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, there's this one video of this whole theater in wherever, reacting to Ray revealing her new last name. And the theater is, like, booing it. They're going insane. Oh, like, what is I your... saw that. No, 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 no. This, um, it was a private screening. Um, okay. So it wasn't, it wasn't like a bunch of random people. It was just a bunch of <laughs> people that knew each other. So you knew they already hated Star Wars. But they all <laughs> came together just to watch this and hate it. So I don't care about that. What? At all. Yeah. <laughs> that that's that's how it happens. So I don't really care about that at all. It it is what okay. it is. Um people people really hate people are really toxic in the Star Wars community just to do that. I don't really care. Um if I'm gonna go out and hang out with um, Star Wars fans. It's probably going to be at a at Star Wars. What is it called? Oh God, Star Star Wars. Yeah, what's the convention called? New York Comic Con. <laughs> no, not. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. But there was a there's a Star Wars convention too. Anyway, uh, I'll, okay, I'll well, rather I go out. Huh. I was going to say, I have one other question, and it's, again, spoilers, but you've seen it, and I, I've seen the scene, so it's not a surprise to me. What was your, and I guess, spoiler to you, Brittany, but I don't think you necessarily care about me spoiling this. Um, nope. What What was your reaction, AJ, to Kylo and Ray finally kissing? Okay. <laughs> okay, I, I loved it. I loved it just because J.J. Abrams was like, fuck you all. <laughs> to every, to every of um, the so-called biggest Star Wars fans, the hardcore Star Wars fans ever. He just, he just lifted up both of his fingers and said, fuck you, I'm doing this. And I loved it so much. Literally, like, uh, the third time I watched it, the whole theater – was like, fuck this movie just because of the scene. And I loved it. I, I, I loved it. By the way, it the really, thing I was thinking about was Star Wars Celebration. That's what it was. Star Wars Celebration, okay. Yeah, the thing is that it feels like with Star Wars is that people love the original trilogy so much that anything other than that, they can't open up their like minds to it at all. Um, you know that I was actually a big fan of the prequels, and I liked The Force Awakens. I was not a fan of The Last Jedi, but I'm not going to shit on people who did like The Last Jedi. That's perfectly fine if you enjoyed that movie, but there are just so many toxic people out there, and clearly, Ryan, I was just going to say really quick, clearly, 
Ryan Johnson is a good director because Knives Out, like, has made, what, a shit ton of money in the box office and has gotten a shit ton of praise. So those who sit there, oh, and also, just like with Game of Thrones Season 8, they were never going to redo The Last Jedi. Like, the fact that there were petitions, petitions out there, like, for people wanting them to redo The Last Jedi, that's delusional. Never going to happen. But yeah, so um, Brittany, I know you haven't seen Rise of the Skywalker, but would you say that it certainly deserves to be on this list? Oh yeah, definitely, because it is one of the biggest movies of the year, and I think it's good to kind of watch back. And say Star Wars movies are always fun to watch. I don't think I've ever like watched one where I was like, oh God, why am I watching this? I will say that Kylo is hotter with the helmet on, but he's getting better for me, Tia. He's getting better. You know, but I will say, uh, really quick, Adam Driver is one of those actors that he gets better with age. I think it's when, I think when The Force Awakens came out, he still had that baby face and everything, and now he's getting, like, older, and he's kind of looking more mature, and it's like, okay, okay, I can, I can see where it's at now. I can see where it's at. In The Force Awakens, he still looks like a child. <laughs> oh, I know. He, still, I he know. still looks the same to me. <laughs> I don't know. You know what it is? Me. I think because I saw the report and marriage story, and he looked like a shit ton more mature in those movies, that I was like, oh, he's, he's getting older. He's looking more mature. I don't know. It, I, I'll agree with uh, Brittany there. In The Force Awakens, I was like, yeah, this character's awesome. I was like, He's so badass. He definitely is dark and shit. And then he took off the helmet. And I was like, oh, baby. <laughs> Put it back on. <laughs> but that's just my opinion there. But um, AJ, I think that this is a perfect New Year's Day uh, binge watch. Obviously, it's still in theaters, but I think that it would be a great movie going experience. IMAX. That's what I'm saying. IMAX is that's the best experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, New Year's Day, you don't have many plans or anything. Go to the movies. Go see an event film. So this is certainly an event film. All Star Wars movies are. And the fact that it is wrapping up the Skywalker trilogy, this, it's the end of an era. So for Star Wars fans, it's like the Avengers Endgame. And certainly, I think that we have two of the biggest movies in the top two for this list. So excellent guys. Um, while we have a little bit of time, let's go through if we have any honorable mentions. I'll throw out really quick that wait, where were mine? Okay, here we go. Um, I had uh, Kong Skull Island as a honorable mention and Baby Driver. I thought that those would be mm. two really I fun love Baby movies. Driver. That I I love Baby Driver too. That's a good one. Yeah. There you are. Fantastic. Um, Brittany, did you have any honorable mentions that you did not get to put on the list? Bridesmaids. Oh, my oh, God, yes. Yes. Really? I, I love that I movie. I love Bridesmaids. It's fun. <laughs> That's fantastic. We need to have a rewatch one day <laughs> just to, like, record ourselves, like, watch it. I love that movie. I, I do still feel it to this day. <laughs> oh, you do? 
Oh, I, I remember that one time Tia quoted that movie to me because I was crying, and she goes, oh, that reminds me of, like, that part where she's crying, and she goes, oh, I just never seen you look ugly before or something like that. <laughs> she's like, no, I'm not ugly. I'm not ugly. <laughs> That's the kind of friendship me and Tia have. (laughs) It's a great movie, okay? Like I just love it so much. Oh, oh, you're doing it. You're you're shitting in the street. All right. (laughs) Oh my god. Um, AJ, did you have any honorable mentions that didn't make it to the top ten? I did not because everything I just said was last second. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. As soon as I saw okay, your number I'll say coming, baby I was driver like, yeah. just to say something. I'll say baby driver because I really <laughs> love that movie. Honestly, I might watch it tonight. It's a great movie. It really is. Like when that shit first came out, um, I went to go see. Really quick story because I have like three minutes. Cindy and I went to go see that movie. And there was, like, a really old lady who was working at the ticket booth, and she directed us to one theater. We sit down. The movie started. It was some, like, shitty Will Ferrell movie. And I was like, this isn't Baby Driver. And we had to, like, go out and, like, pretty much get tickets for a new movie that was, like, a new showing of Baby Driver that was, like, two hours, you know, from that moment. So we, we went out to eat. It was fine. So it was all good anyway. But, yeah. That was my journey to see uh, Baby Driver. But, guys, it has been fantastic being able to do this podcast with you this morning, uh, despite my throat just wanting to absolutely kill itself. It is worth it having fantastic co-hosts. AJ, if you'd like to take a moment to uh, promote, you got a ton of stuff going on right now. Uh, right now I'm on Twitter, like always, twenty four seven on AJ underscore Geeks Vibes, Geek Vibes, and I also have another Twitter I just created not too long ago called Nerd Fiend ninety six, which is basically where I just do all anime stuff. Um, anything else? I'm going. Ah. Uh, that that's all I can think of right now, basically. Um, I'm talking to a person to get on the podcast uh March twenty second. Uh that might happen, might not happen, I'm not sure yet, but we're talking about it. Other than that, I'm good. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh again, my mom messaged me and she wanted me to mention oh, Bridget, I remember. Bridget I'm Jones dumb. Diary. Sorry. So there you go. I'm yeah, AJ, go ahead. Um, I'm working on doing the Patreon. Me, Juwan, and Canada are working on a Patreon for all our um, viewers, listeners, and all that. And within that Patreon, we're going to do movie tournaments, uh, anime tournaments, uh, character versus character tournaments, uh, and video game tournaments as well. Uh, it'll be what one to five dollars a month, depending on which tier you choose. Uh, so keep on keep a lookout for that because we'll be 
almost finished with that within the coming weeks or two weeks. Hopefully before um, the New Year's, we'll be done with that, and then we'll start advertising it probably January 1st or sometime in January. So keep a lookout for that. Absolutely, everyone. Make sure you keep a lookout on that. Brittany, what would you like to promote? And so you can always find me on Twitch at Itty Bitty Brit. You can also find me at Twitter at Itty Bitty Brit Zero. I normally stream Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Central Time, until I'm just pure exhausted at night. So if you want to catch me there, then playing a lot of Dark Souls, and it'll be a fun time uh, listening to me shit on everyone. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you need everyone, to get um, all in order. Oh, I know. Oh, I do have it. I do have it. Okay, good. Then there you go. Make sure you guys keep an eye on both of those, and make sure you keep an eye on our Twitter, geekvibesnation.com. It has been a marvelous time speaking with both of you. I hope everyone has a fantastic New Year's Day, and have a good one. Peace. Peace, everyone.